Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Priceless Podcast. Something new happened, and that is that this is a podcast now which is in partnership with the European Forum. You heard a lot about the European Forum uh, within this podcast because I had a lot of guests that I met through the European Forum. So the link to the European Forum is again in the podcast's description. Today with me is a new guest and he is from Slovakia. So we are traveling a little bit there. Thanks to Zoom, uh, we don't have uh, to go uh, and be in a quarantine for two, two weeks, but we can talk right away to my guest. Uh, his name is Miroslav Machav Machavka. Did I say it right? Every time I say it, then I'm not completely sure. Thank you uh, for the feedback. Um, so he told me to uh, introduce you as an opportunist and he's going to explain more what that means i met him the first time in nuremberg in germany at a workshop that we both attended and we were uh, roommates uh, at that time that's how we met he's a volunteer and the founder of a slovakian ngo called rainbow christians And I guess that he's also going to mention a little bit more about that. But first of all, say let's say hello to our guest. Hi, Miro. Can I call you Miro? Is that okay? That is perfect. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be talking to you and to uh, uh, speak to the audience uh, uh, in Croatia and uh, maybe more. Thank you so much for uh, taking part in this. So what would you, I started to introduce you and said this, I don't know, it might sound strange to some people when they hear that you're an opportunist. Sometimes it can be have a negative connotation. Would you explain to our viewers and listeners uh, what you mean by that? Well, um, I was talking uh, uh, before, uh, Michael, that... Uh, uh, I was looking for jobs and, and then usually the uh, recruiters ask you, so what is your uh, job or what is your specializations? And I, I always struggle with that. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm looking for it. What would describe what I do in life or, or what I uh, like to do? And then looking back in my, um, in my life and my professional career, uh, it is uh, really the best description is of opportunist because I uh, usually get uh, by some circumstances some opportunity in uh, that I just briefly out of my stomach decide to go with and uh, I go with it and it is either a job or a new place uh, uh, to live, a uh, new country or uh, other um, Uh, topic or matter that would uh, fit into that and and that's why I think uh, opportunist is a good description and and maybe uh, uh, I can describe later on uh, many opportunities that uh, came my way that I took and that uh, uh, proved to be uh, really good ones. So in a way, I would say that you're a human chameleon. You're just adjusting to whatever comes to you. <laughs> But I think every one of us, uh, especially in this time of pandemic, uh, needs to sort of uh, be a chameleon, adapt uh, and then change the color according to our surroundings. 
and, uh, uh, and now uh, we just need to do it indoors uh, and, and adapt to uh, being stuck in one place and adapt to the situation and uh, talking to people online, even though we would uh, rather be in Croatia on the beach, especially last uh, summer, uh, there, there was uh, all the topic to creating a bridge between Slovakia and uh, Croatia and um, we had to adapt. So everybody had to sort of learn the uh, chameleon strategy. Yeah. So uh, as much as I know, you're also quite a sporty guy. How has that I been for you? Marathons. You did two marathons. Okay. So you're not just quite, you are a very sporty guy. So how is that going for you now in this lockdown and everything that is happening? Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite difficult. Uh, um, in Slovakia, we have, I don't know if it is in Croatia like that, uh, we have um, uh, big discussions about opening of the uh, uh, fitness centers, gyms, you know, there was a big discussions that uh, you can't go to the gyms uh, and uh, I can't exercise and, and I learned to uh, do it now at home following this YouTube tutorials, how do you do it uh, by yourself? But it's crap because, uh, um, yeah, um, it is uh, strange to do it on your own in your own living room. And uh, it is difficult, but uh, uh, the, the long walks uh, in the country, especially now we have a snowy country here in, in Hinorani, where I'm based um, in small village. It is nice, uh, uh, snowy, white. Uh, so I do long walks. That's my sport sort of entertainment at the moment. Mm. That's great, I suppose, for many things. So is there anything else that you would like to add or uh, let our viewers know about you, who you are? I would just uh, basically um, uh, add uh, uh, to the description the, regarding where I come from. I put this uh, T-shirt on as well, especially for you guys. It is the Gay Christians community. It was a community that uh, is almost 20 years uh, uh, in Slovakia, uh, mostly guys in, uh, and girls uh, in Bratislava that uh, used to meet together and find encouragement, uh, uh, sharing their faith and their uh, lives uh, together, uh, belonging to LGBT minority in Slovakia and not finding any place in official churches or support in any churches. So um uh, they used to have regular meetings and events and it was an informal group and um i became part of it about i think five or six years ago i think uh and then became more and more involved uh, started volunteering doing some activities and uh, two years ago we decided with uh, um, two other guys that uh, we want to take it to another level and registered their organization officially in Slovak, uh, with Slovak government and uh, as an NGO uh, to be able to run projects, apply for funds and all this kind of stuff that comes with the uh, activism. And uh, we decided as well to rebrand. So um, uh, not using the English word gay Christians, we decided to work to use the word signum duhovi kresťania, which translated means basically signum as a name, uh, uh, one word, uh, and um, rainbow Christians. Uh, we wanted to be more rainbow than, than just gay. Uh, thought that this is more colorful uh, fitting. And uh, for a year now, we are uh, as a registered uh, organization and um, 
it gives uh, the whole sort of the community a different feel and um, it helps us to, uh, to communicate with other uh, stakeholders, with uh, officials, with the churches. And um, I would encourage uh, uh, communities uh, that are uh, around the world like this uh, that uh, to dare uh, create an organizations and sort of uh, put it a little bit of officiality in it uh, to work with uh, other stakeholders. It is much better um, standpoint if you communicate with churches, with other NGOs, uh, applying for uh, money, uh, grants and stuff like that. So something that I learned a while with uh, Michael uh, in the workshop uh, in Nuremberg where we met and, and learned from the experienced people how to communicate with hierarchy, for instance, there. So it is much better if we have something uh, behind us as such an organizations uh, that gives us a, a little bit of um, base. Mm. Well, thank you for that uh, remark. Um, so before we go on, uh, I think that our viewers and listeners probably suspect already but could you say how do you identify as uh, in your sexual orientation and gender i'm a totally gay man 100 percent uh and uh yeah uh I, I it took a while uh, for me to come to this point but yeah maybe we can explore later but I, i'm i'm a gay man so and, and i'm single so anybody <laughs> I'm, I'm available Okay, we will put uh, some kind of link where you can uh, send your applications <laughs> to Miro uh, later. Um, and uh, gender-wise, you identify as male, if I'm right? He, yeah. Okay, thank you. Cis man. What about your faith? What is your faith background? Uh, I'm Christian. Uh, religiously belonging to the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. Is that also where you grew up? Yes. Uh, I grew up um, in a typical Slovak small uh, village uh, Catholic family during communism, which has a special touch uh, because um, uh, expressing your faith, visiting uh, churches wasn't... Uh, 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 as free as it is now. Uh, so I remember like my auntie, she was a teacher and I never understood uh, that she had to go through different villages on Sunday. So nobody sees her in the church because it wasn't allowed for uh, um, teachers back then to go on Sunday to church. Uh, but we are more, um, uh, in my family, my parents, I have one brother, uh, we were more um, religious than, than really believing so uh, you know I, I, I would want to point out that we used to go to church i would say mm -hmm. so how was it for you to maybe even discover acknowledge your sexuality how did that go for you Co connected to your faith background but also i guess you know we grew up uh, in countries or in a time where this was not very welcome. So how how was that for you? Well, uh, for me, the whole puberty uh, uh, period was really a struggle because uh, 
I was born in the late 70s. Uh, I hit puberty probably at the beginning of the 90s, which some people might remember that was uh, a huge change in the system, stuff like that, uh, the, the beginning of the 90s. And um, I, I was late in my puberty. It hit me when I was finishing high school, when I realized, oh, well, uh, there is something happening. And um, I, I wouldn't put it that I knew that, uh, that I'm gay. I knew that I'm different, but I was putting it because basically I was not interested into girls. I was just thinking that I'm having a late puberty. Uh, only then uh, after high school, uh, it sort of started to shape where um, at that time you could browse a little bit of internet. At that time, uh, we didn't have uh, as easy access to uh, to worldwide uh, web uh, to research hey what's what's wrong with me i don't uh, find girls attractive uh, so i learned through sort of this physical reaction when my mom was uh, buying these german catalogs uh, to purchase something and then when i saw underwear models and i was somehow attracted uh, to the guys you know and then i started to understand uh, hey uh, i might be something what they call like the, the rude one the we have in Slovak this word um, warm, teply, uh, mm. uh, uh, which is sort of like a derogative. Uh, so it was as well a struggle for me to put that word on myself because you don't you don't want to be labeled like that. And then I started to be called like that because I was a bit feminine. Um, I, I I tend to um, uh show uh, a bit of feminine side and and so you have uh, guys at that age calling me uh that names uh, and um it was it was difficult to come to the realization that yes it is true and then it took years uh to first i would say uh, i uh, started to tolerate myself as a gay man uh but later on it took decades to accept it really Mm. So when did you kind of, you, you said that when you were growing up, you were more religious. And right now, as much as I understand and know faith is an important part of your uh, life, when did faith become or, or get a bigger role in your life? Um, it, it's, it's, it's funny. It, but for me, or for some people, it is understandable that uh, for me, understanding my sexuality was also uh, uh, related to deepening of my faith. Because I was um, through this uh, internal struggle that you are feeling you are different than the others. You are alone. You don't know why you are reacting to your body's reacting to something that other guys uh, find normal and then you don't find it normal. And then uh, you start questioning. I was going to church and basically trying to understand you don't have any positive messaging uh, in the church. Uh, even now, you don't uh, for these kind of struggles. I used to go regularly uh, to uh, confessions at a Roman Catholic, good Roman Catholic in Slovakia. You go every month and I was always, oh, my God. Uh, this typical sin that young guys in that age uh, uh, record, uh, regarding their body confess every month. And then uh, um, I think I was already 
approaching my 20s, like late, uh, maybe 19 or something like that, when I uh, maybe said in a confession that uh, I have these attractions to to the sin that I'm doing on a regular basis, uh, uh, attracted to the guys. And um, I don't remember uh, it precisely, but there was no good, there was no approving uh, from the priest uh, for that. So um, then you start questioning it for yourself. Why is it uh, that God made me so? And then I think it's a natural process. If you find yourself uh, the space, if you find the peace and you allow God to help you in that process, that you might uh, uh, be receiving the blessing of deepening of your faith. And then God draws you closer uh, to himself while hopefully you as well uh, become more and more understandable that uh, you are created by God as you are. So it is it is difficult and it, it comes as well um, with that. What are your uh, circumstances if you are uh, based in a good church or if you have a community where you can um, talk to people or if your family is understandable and stuff like that? I had none of that. Uh, I couldn't talk to anyone about it at that time. There was no such support group or online access for this. So for me, it was a difficult uh, way ahead. So my spirituality uh, developed quite good, but my acceptance of myself was pushed back. Mm -hmm. So what happened for you or what helped you to actually get to the point or into the process of accepting yourself i guess it's not just one a one moment thing for most of us it's it's a process well um the more with the realization i'm talking now about the period where i started uh, university where i left uh, this small village and and i went into the town um, I even did uh, uh, military service for eight months, uh, so where you are surrounded by guys all the time and you have uh, showers, which there is nothing, just a room and 20 naked guys around you. So you have to sort of uh, uh, work on your skills to not show it. And then um, I basically understood I can't change it. And at that time, um, uh, I I don't know the precise year when this... Um, statement uh i don't know was it john paul or something like that. basically that uh, uh the new uh, roman catholic catechism came out and where there was homosexuality is okay but uh you can't do any homosexuality activity so i started basically um uh, accepting that approach that yes it's okay to be gay but uh, i can't do anything about it so i have to live a celibate life and um, that was my uh, sort of approach to life or acceptance of the fact that I'm gay throughout my whole 20s and later. When did you get to the moment uh, when you said, I'm gay and I'm okay and I'm happy with that? How did that come about? Uh, well, I... I said even in my 20s, I'm, I'm gay and I'm okay with it. Mm. Um, uh, but I wasn't happy. I was thinking I'm happy with it, but I wasn't. Uh, it was in my 
uh, 30s, uh, basically after the university uh, in my late 20s. Uh, Slovakia joined the European Union, it was easier to travel and I left Slovakia uh, for UK and I uh, lived in Reading, uh, close to London for seven years and I got involved um, with the um, university chaplaincy, it was non-denominational Christian chaplaincy supporting students uh, and I used to work there as an assistant and I sort of um, lived still with the uh, with my sexuality as okay. I'm happy with it. I accepted it that I'm gay and I'm gonna live a celibate life and I'm not gonna do anything about it. I had no sexual contact. I was a virgin and uh, didn't do anything about it. I thought this is my life. But then um, uh, through this chaplaincy, my sort of uh, faith uh, became stronger and stronger. We do the regular retreats with the students, and I was thinking more about my faith and then. Um, I decided that I want to become a religious, so uh, I applied to join the religious order of the Jesuits Mm. and I was a candidate with them uh, basically before they uh, allowed me to go to the novitiate. They have a a period of advocacy, normality is one year, where you basically closer connected to one community with a spiritual director and you're going through some tests and interviews and stuff like that for them to assess if you are really uh, a suitable candidate for the novitiate. For me, it, it took two years. But in this process, um, um, it was funny that um, through this religious community, uh, the Jesuits, they saw uh, through this testing or interviews, they found out um, that um, there is something that I need to work on my understanding or my acceptance of my sexuality. Uh, they told me, like, I have this, still this letter that I uh, sent to them as my application where I put, hey, uh, I'm really interested to join you, but I'm gay. And I know that as a gay person, I'm not allowed to be religious because that was at that time uh, the Benedict XVI's rule that uh, people with uh, homosexual notions are not allowed for priesthood or uh, uh, any um, office in the church. Um, so I wrote it to them and they knew it from the beginning, from the first moment, but the, the, they still um, told me that they don't work according to this. So for them, sexuality, if you're straight, if you are gay, it doesn't matter. Basically, you need to be okay with your sexuality as you are and understand that you're going to be uh, putting wow of chastity or celibacy and that you're not going to have sex anyway. It doesn't matter of your sexuality. Uh, but they, through this candidacy process, they realized that I have underlying issues through my approach to my own sexuality. And they um, helped me um, by cont- uh, getting me in touch with a uh, um, uh, um, therapist who had the knowledge about people, this typical sort of uh, closeted Catholics who have issues with their own sexuality and how to work with them. And he worked with me for a year. And then uh, through that, um, I learned that he put this words uh, in in the description of of my status that he said that until then I was living only with acceptance, uh, only with tolerance of my sexuality, but I I need to work on the acceptance. Mm-hmm. So through this sort of professional support that I received there uh, through the Jesuits, I came to the understanding that um, 
I need to uh, not only tolerate but accept my homosexuality. And then that was the basically moment where I came to the uh, understanding, yes, I'm gay and yes, it's good and I'm happy about mm. it. Mm. I just want to go shortly a little bit back when you said that you knew that you will have to be celibate. How was this thought for you kind of this, that's the only way that I can be? Yeah. Um, looking back at it now, like um, I, w I would go the other way around. Uh, um, how it was for me in my mid-30s for the first time to, 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 have, to have sex for the first time. Mm. Uh, it was really difficult and that was only because I was so good in, in, in putting this not having sex as a... Understand, put it into my understanding of who I am, that I'm never going to have sex. So mm. it was... Uh, basically, um, through my faith and through my religious beliefs back then, that throughout my 20s, I would say that I was uh, still a strong uh, um, supporter of the um, Roman Catholic narrative towards homosexuality that, as I said, in the Catechism is stated that it is okay to be um, gay, but just don't act on it. And through my growth in faith, I sort of internalized the, the notion that, yes, this is good. And that's what God wants of me, that I don't uh, um, act on my sexual feelings. And um, obviously, uh, uh, it was the sexual energy uh, uh, was um, sort of pro proving or uh, coming outlet in different ways. Mm. Uh, but uh, I didn't didn't think that I'm ever gonna have sex with any other being. So what changed? Well, um, it it only happened that um, thanks to the uh, to the work with the with the therapist and through the the Jesuits that basically. Uh, uh, even after the two years of candidacy, um, they decided or the provincial decided uh, that um, I still need uh, to work on my um, understanding of my sexuality. And uh, they uh, he denied my um, start with them. And for me, it was basically okay. Um, I remember this moment when I was uh, waiting for the uh, letter from the uh, provincial who was basically going to inform me, yes, you entering next month's novitiate or not. And um, I received this letter. I was, as I said, living in, in UK and I received and then I saw this denial, uh, like the uh, rejection uh, there. And then I went to the uh, church that was close by my place. And it was so funny that um, uh, there was an exposition of the sacrament uh, right away in the church. So I was sort of uh, enjoying the, the moment, uh, trying to meditate. But I was so angry that I was basically screaming at God, what the F uh, is, am I supposed to do? You know, because 
I already said farewell to my friends in Slovakia because I was thinking I'm going to die in Britain now as a Jesuit. And it didn't happen. So there was this sort of like, uh, I was annoyed and I was really angry with God. And, and in this uh, sort of moment, I had this one of, uh, I hope uh, many people have these moments with God where they have this sort of like experience that he was talking to you. And in this moment in the church in front of the sacrament, and then there was mass and there was as well, uh, some people were receiving uh, uh, confirmation and it was all, I just thought, okay, God is talking to me. And then and, and I felt that this is my moment. Yes, uh, this is, um, die will be done. You know, that mm-hmm. God said that uh, I'm not uh, meant to be a Jesuit in Britain and I need to look for some other way. And it is good. So, so mm-hmm. I made my peace with that. And then I decided to, um, start somewhere new. And because in the parish where I was living, I was the candidate the you know the future monk the religious yeah yeah I just found it sort of awkward to say well no and by the way I'm gay now so I didn't want to put myself into this sort of coming out process in the surrounding so I basically uh, uh left uh, UK uh to Germany and and I started in 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 Germany as a out gay out person right away so i was too of a coward to do it in in the surrounding where i lived in uk so it was an opportunity again this is um, i'm gonna sort of say say these were one of those opportunities that came along that basically i, I was approached with a new job in munich in germany and i, I took it. it it came right away there uh and some say it is opportunity i always think well that was god working you know and Mm. and he showed me this uh, opportunity and then i moved to germany and there i forced myself into living an honest gay life and a fate life so i got involved right away uh Second month I was living in Munich, uh, I got uh, involved with the local um, uh, gay Christians community there. Uh, uh, they have regular monthly services. I visited sort of like support groups there for gay people. And I worked uh, on it to lose my virginity because basically it was, as I said before, that how I was really prepared for the celibate life. Now I had to rationally to get rid of that idea and it, it, it took a while and it was a strange, strange process to, to get into it. If you are that age in a gay community and you're still a virgin, then, you know, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, I guess, what you said, you know, it, it's very hard with when you live with this idea and grow up with this idea of... I'm going to be celibate. I'm I'm not going to enjoy sex or have sex in my life. That's I'm going to be alone. Yeah. So how was your, you said you came to Germany and started coming out right away. How was this process of coming out maybe in a wider sense? Because right now you are mostly out. Uh, So... How did you get to this point? Well, basically, it was a rational decision. There was no really 
It was a, I had to force myself into it. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I established, I've started first, uh, sort of discussions uh, as I was leaving UK. Um, I decided to talk to my brother first, to my family, to tell them, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm gay, uh, then friends. And then, you know, uh, you sort of, um, I had to do, I had made the rational decision. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have something that you know you have to do. You hate it. You've been worried about it. It is, uh, really something you don't want to do, but you know, rationally you have to do it. And that's was my state of mind. I knew I, I have to do it. And I, 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 I was aware of the repercussions. Um, but I was just hoping for the best. And, um, that's why I sort of forced myself into it when, uh, I started a new job, uh, uh, in Munich. I told right away my colleagues, Hey, uh, I'm Miro. I didn't say I'm Miro I and mean, I'm gay, but basically, uh, as soon as the opportunity came, uh, uh, showed up that you are drinking with your colleagues coffee and they ask you, what did you do on Sunday? Well, I said, I was, uh, on a date, uh, I'm looking for a boyfriend, you know? Mm. Uh, mm. so basically trying to force myself into showing it, putting it out, mm. you know, and, um, it was difficult, but this sort of like, um, you know, like I'm thinking when I'm uh, watching uh, uh, lately now uh, Games of Thrones. And that's what you do. Pandemic, you what you forget uh, back then. And there, there were there was this. Uh, there are these warriors that basically, if you go in into the war, you have to prepare yourself. You you can die, but mm. don't worry about it. You just need to fight. And that was my sort of attitude. I need to get it out, and I'm ready for the fight. And if you don't like it, then you're not going to be part of my life. And that was my attitude, basically, to my friends, to my family and to my colleagues. If you don't like it, then sorry, we can't talk. And what were the reactions like? What did you get back? I, I was just fortunate that uh, um, uh, obviously there were some like uh, my mom, she was crying like, oh, my God, in, in our family, in our family, uh, uh, she was struggling with it. Uh, I didn't have uh, single negative reactions in a sense that it was that like, oh, you weirdo or something like that. Basically, it was just like, I remember my uncles or aunts. Well, yeah, it's it's your choice. You know, like mm. I decided. So it's this typical attitude. You decided to go for it. So you live your life. They, they were sort of like this. Um, they don't want to know about it, do what you want. And, um, that's it. Uh, so that was probably the worst reaction I, I could have. Mm. Uh, but other than that, friends, uh, were understanding, supportive. And, um, for me at the time, it was as well important that I found myself a community that I could rely on to. And Munich is really good that they have a support center that even though if you don't have any friends, you can just show up there and there is a, um, somebody uh, who is going to listen to you mm. that you mm. can basically talk to that you can let it out your frustration that uh, you're struggling with and and that that's really uh, helpful and that's what i would recommend anyone that if you feel the point that you can't hold it anymore just let it out 
but be smart about it as well that uh, make sure that you have somebody you can go and talk to if it is not somebody that you know there is a lot of organization nowadays uh, even in in the last small village uh, there is a chance that uh, you might find a, a telephone number online discussion or somebody might uh, visit you or you might be uh, uh, able to travel to that you you can talk to someone and and that's that's a huge advantage yeah i agree so much that was very important for me to have just at least a small support system uh, a few friends that know and that can stand behind uh, not knowing what to expect when I come out. So yeah, I agree. Thank you for sh for sharing that and saying that. As I said, I first came out to my brother and to my friends and I was leaving the family for later. And then I came out to my mom only uh, uh, when I have had a boyfriend already and my mom was visiting me and it was inevitable that I'm going to be with my boyfriend uh, uh, and my mom is there. So I basically had to tell her. Hmm. And and then that was much easier that I didn't want to have a session and sit down with my parents. Hey, look, okay, I'm gay. I just waited till it was inevitable because she was visiting me and I was there with my boyfriend. So I said, hey, this is uh, my boyfriend and, and I'm gay, by the way. Uh, so she had to deal with it. And then, um, yeah, and she accepted because uh, it was... If if she wanted to be around me, she would have to accept that I had a boyfriend, and and that helped. So you don't need to really just come up with the topic if there is nothing happening after that. That you don't. If you want to go for a gay pride and then you worry that uh, you know uh, your mom is gonna see you on the telly, uh, then maybe that's a reason that you can. Uh, have the family sit down and tell them, hey, I'm gay and tomorrow I'm going for a gay pride. So don't uh, be surprised when you see me on in the television. But if you don't go, then you don't need to really uh, say it if there is no next step that you would need this understanding. Yeah, it's actually interesting how many people I heard saying and I experienced the same thing, you know, often when we are okay with our sexuality and with ourselves being gay and, you know, it's not, if we don't make a fuss about it, people will react differently. You know, it's, if I'm approaching people and telling them in an ap apologetic way, you know, like almost apologizing for me being gay, then it's harder for them. But if I say, Hey, I'm gay and that's it, you know, just as a statement, but it's, it's a process and we need to, I mean, I needed to get there. I, I couldn't do that right away. Um, saying that I'm gay just like that. <laughs> and, and that's why I think it's really helpful just to talk to people because the more you talk about it, I, I struggle to even, uh, uh, use the word in, in my native language. I, I, First, I had my coming out when I was living in UK, then in Germany, so I was using different words. But then, uh, as I was talking to my uh, peers in Slovakia, I had to use the word in Slovak. And it took me a, a while to use the uh, Slovak word, which still has this derogative meaning or, or use in Slovakia. But uh, I, uh, the more I uh, started to use it in talk with other people who were more understanding, it was easier for me to talk, as, as you said, when uh, I'm talking with, with strangers and then this topic for some reason just comes up, then I use the word even in Slovak. But 
the practice before uh, helps me to to be more uh, cool about it, and and then the people feel it, as you said, uh, mm-hmm. the way you say it, the people uh, will sort of react accordingly to to the way you say it, and and if you learn using the word, saying the words, it's what you have in your head is sometimes not. Um, uh, not enough. You need to be able to say it. I, I think uh, it is as well as biblically. If you name it, if you say those words, it's uh, much easier to to work with them. Yeah, yeah. And you also mentioned uh, therapy. You know, being in therapy, having someone who can support you within with your own process. So I think that's always a good good thing. And there are many LGBT organizations that actually offer free psychological support and therapists to LGBT people. So that's also maybe a good thing for all of you watching this. Uh, Know that there is someone who can help you uh, somewhere, even if you just contact someone over online. I'm I'm sure that you can find someone who will talk to you uh, even over Zoom nowadays because we are so much (laughs) on Zoom. Yeah. So, yes, you wanted to add something. I just wanted to make a shout out uh, uh, that um, two weeks ago, uh, we are doing this in uh, uh, beginning of February, but beginning of February in Slovakia, the first church actually uh, established a hotline for LGBT Christians so that you can talk to somebody on the phone, not only about uh, um, your well-being from the point of view of uh, therapy, therapeutic way, but as well about your faith and your sexuality so you have professionals where once a week are on the on the telephone uh, that you can discuss as well how is your well-being affecting your faith and vice versa so uh, this is a really good thing that you know you have more and more of these offerings that not only the professional lgbt um, therapists are providing uh, such a support but uh, you have as well uh, church groups which are helping as well with this issue and helping put these two things together so there is a lot of an offer uh, just uh, reach out to it just use it mm. thank you for sharing that and I would encourage you because this is a podcast uh, for all of Europe uh, that uh, we do so I would encourage you to maybe send because there are probably also view- some viewers from Slovakia if if they come across this if you have some links um if you can send them to me and i will put them in the podcast description so dear viewers if you are from slovakia or you speak slovakian and need some support this is a way that you can get support in slovakian so when you look back at your story and your journey of coming out how would you say that this affected your faith? How was this important, maybe even for your faith? Uh, through all the um, groups that I've been involved to, uh, like as I said, I started right away with the um, um, gay Christian group uh, in in Munich, and I learned through there uh, uh, a lot of activities that they do. That how can you? Put this thing that I that I thought that you can't put together sexuality and 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 faith and and living a single life and having sex with other people and and then being able, for instance, for uh, Roman Catholics to go to communion 
uh, without uh, going for confession uh, after you fornicated. Uh, so it is it is um, a lot for one to um, research, not only mm -hmm. for, for your own, but as well with the scripture, with the text, with the people, with scholars who can help you how to answer these questions that you might be struggling with, that in your spiritual sort of conscious that uh, you worry about that uh, these two things don't to get, come together. But there is a lot of research already. Uh, a lot of people who witness to that, that uh, it is good for God, that God finds it good if we live our life honestly uh, as he created us with the sexuality he created us and that he loved us. And and for me, it was really helpful to be part of this community, to uh, learn about it uh, in my uh, brain, but as well with my heart. Uh, uh, and then... Um, my faith uh, really deepened, I would say. Uh, I honestly, I still feel like, I, I like to say that believing in God, for me, it's like a love relationship. I love God for me. God mm -hmm. is love and I love him. And then it is, uh, as I said, for instance, when I was uh, rejected by the provincial that I was in the church and I was arguing with God. So you have this sort of like arguments with God but then you have this sort of like getting back together, and which is even much better. And uh, for me, uh, faith only deepened in the process. But I would say my religious affiliation sort of struggled because then uh, getting to know, as I said, mm. that you need to, with your brain as well, understand how is God uh, um, feeling about you. And if you look into church, the Roman Catholic Church, you see a lot of hurdles and a lot of uh, misconceptions that, that come out of the um, even catechism of the Catholic Church yeah. that, that are not for the um, uh, not good for the souls even that they are really inherent uh, um, wrong statements uh, there that, that might harm uh, uh, one and and uh, I still say that I'm Roman Catholic, but um, um, it is difficult. It is not, uh, you know, I uh, learned to cherish more visiting different churches, different denominations, and really do my cherry picking when it comes to uh, um, uh, religious services or uh, the, uh, religious affiliation. Uh, so... Um, it is um, the form uh, uh, of my faith uh, struggles, uh, but uh, the substance uh, is is uh, deepened. So we are coming close to an end of our conversation, and I still want to ask you what was important for you as something that was supporting you in in your process if you can name one thing book movie or group or anything that was really important to you what was what was that thing or uh people that were really like a major played a major role in your process of accepting yourself 
and maybe even you know making peace with uh with you being gay and and your faith well uh, it, it comes to mind because there's so many things and then many aspects especially for if you're putting those two things together uh the um uh lgbt side and 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 the faith uh, uh so you have a lot of uh, i have a lot of um such uh tools uh, that uh, helped me throughout my faith uh, one of those would be um a book uh um of james martin uh a lot of people even in the lgbt christian circles might know him he's a american jesuit uh he wrote as, as well a book about uh um for lgbt christians uh called building bridges but i uh, came across his book uh, my life with saints which is sort of like a biography of him which is really interesting and that um helped me to it is a book that um lists a lot of different saints uh, or saints in a sense that that not only canonized by the catholic church but saints as as people who had really interesting life and seeing these stories reading these stories that helped me sort of to um uh, understand my story and uh, deepen my faith but as well see life as um something that god uh, i would come back to the again to this opportunist that uh, god gave me a lot of opportunities uh mm. somebody might say a lot of struggles that my uh, i didn't have easy coming out i didn't have easy uh, sort of uh, uh way through uh emotional uh, or a social uh establishment or, or establishing myself as an emotional and social being but uh this book helped me to understand that uh, everybody has a different path uh that is already set by god for us and then that helped me and then other thing that i would say for the other part that's uh, sort of realizing me as an outgoing gay man I was really uh, being involved with the uh, um communities that are working in this area even uh as I said um my first contact in Germany when I just decided to come out I got involved and then I started volunteering I was preparing uh masses I was working around uh uh doing the liturgies I was even preaching in a church it was really so important even for my mom and she she didn't understand the word because i was doing it in german but basically standing in one of the big uh, churches in munich mm -hmm. which is used by this community with the rainbow flag at the altar and me standing there and preaching to other people about my personal story it was really helpful and it helped me really to um, find myself uh, as a as a gay man and as a gay catholic uh and then um that helped me sort of um uh find my place in the universe and then as well it was an opportunity to um uh confirm my uh uh sexuality or attitude mm -hmm. to the sexuality so i would say my faith was really encouraged by this starting with the book james martin the jesuit approach i love i love the ignatian spirituality I would encourage who doesn't know just uh, uh uh read something about the Ignatian spirituality there's a lot of stuff that brings you peace and how to make decisions that helped me as well with my sort of uh attitude to my sexuality that's helpful and on the other hand 
get involved with the local groups uh, of gay Christians. I wanted to point out what uh, uh, Michael was saying about the links and, and how to uh, find out. Um, uh, I would come back to the point we Michael was mentioning that we met at the in Nuremberg at the webinar or the, as a as a as a seminar and it was organized by a European Forum of LGBT Christians, which we are uh, uh, my group in Slovakia is as well part of and and uh, uh, there is a lot of activities events that this organization is providing and it is a network so. Uh, um, there is in every country, if you see it in any other country in Europe, uh, uh, these people are collecting a lot of um, activities, offerings, groups together and then can help you out, uh, point you to the right directions. And there is a lot of um, positive uh, experiences that uh, being involved in such a group and uh, getting to know people, uh, getting to know new stories and helping personally uh, uh, to find peace with yourself and find really joy because these uh, meetings that I learned through the European Forum uh, uh, groups in, in Czech Republic, in Poland and in Hungary and we're working now on Visegrad cooperation which we hope one day Visegrad Fund will give us money uh, for and they rejected us twice. Uh, um, but one day if we get their money, we can include Croatia, there are programs for that as well. And then uh, it's really a joy to be with the other people and, and celebrate our uniqueness because I find this as a, a being a, a gay man, gay uh, Christian man, a gift because it is, it is something unique. You know, we have a lot of uh, these people who are fathers, who are mothers, who are uh, uh, all these um, typical uh, roles or these vocations uh, that, that uh, uh, you have in a church or in a society as a, a Christian person. But uh, there is uh, only a small number of uh, outgoing, uh, dedicated uh, gay, lesbian, trans, uh, bisexual, intersexual uh uh, Christians and and that's that's really uh, something that is really good to explore. So I would encourage you to that. I just wanted to ask you to give some closing words, but this was just perfect. So I I think I would like to leave it at that. If that is okay to you, uh, thank you so much for uh, being my guest. Uh, actually, our guest, as I mentioned, uh, this is actually happening in a partnership with the European Forum that uh, you uh, were just mentioning. So uh, thank you everyone for tuning in again and watching this episode. There are new episodes to come. As some of you might know, this will uh, gonna be this is gonna happen every Monday. There's gonna be a new episode for at least the next 10 weeks. So I hope you will come and join us and watch the next interview that I'll have. Until then, uh, thank you everyone uh, for watching and also all of you who are supporting this podcast to happen and that I can continue doing these podcasts. So until the next time, I say bye for me and bye to you, Miro. Uh, see you all soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Greetings.